Hey everybody, before we get to Repot It, presented by Rerouted, I wanted to let you guys know our app is live. The Rerouted app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store on Android is live now. It is the easiest way to upload any gear that you have in your closet to be sold on Rerouted's website. If you want to check us out online, you can go to R-E-R-O-U-T ed.co that's rerouted.co or download our app on the app store create an account and start uploading your gear now hello everyone and welcome to the week three compilation episode in this episode we are going to hear from andrew hoff jenna selmer and chris mccaffrey about their gear stories i'm sorry for the slow uploads on the podcast feed this week but we will be back to our normal upload schedule next week thank you all for listening and i hope you guys have a great week and weekend Hoff, where's totally. the where's the most beautiful spot you saw on your trip? Well, to be honest, coming out here is always the best. <laughs> but uh, I drove through uh, Sedona. It was uh, it was pretty beautiful. Uh, it's it's funny whenever I'm driving around places, I'm always like, all right, I need to get out of here. I could always find something <laughs> that's wrong with it. But as soon as I leave, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go back there. <laughs> it's something about me. It's hilarious, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was nice uh, being able to find just a little uh, road off the main highway and slept and made the ride uh, getting out here even easier. Because um, you you slept in Sedona, right? Yeah, just outside of Sedona, and then uh, drove to uh, Petrified National Forest, and that spot's always beautiful to go to. Oh man, I can't imagine being in Petrified Petrified National Forest on my on a bike. What what was some of the draws to motorcycling, Hoff? Because I know motorcycling is super similar in nature to a lot of these adventure sports that we do. So what what were some of the appeals to biking for you? So, I mean, I tried bike uh, motorcycling about a year and a half ago, got my license, just kind of felt that it was time. And um, once I got on it, just the freedom of being on a motorcycle, being able to in California split lanes and just getting places <laughs> faster than you know when i was in my bus which also breaks down a lot so having a motorcycle that's reliable was just a really big draw and then once i got comfortable on my first bike i knew i kind of wanted to go longer distances and my first bike wasn't going to handle it so looked into a uh, second one got a triumph tiger and it's uh it has all the storage capabilities that I needed. And I decided that coming out here was going to be my inaugural uh, <laughs> uh, destination because, you know, it's always good to see Chap and Sam. And uh, I, I just love this area. Tell us about your, your favorite piece of gear, piece of gear that, that really matters to you. Okay. So you're not going to believe who makes my favorite coat and it's Lululemon. And I didn't I never that. Yeah. So years ago, um, I went there and was doing like a, they're like, check out our winter gear for us. And I tried on this down jacket and it's completely waterproof and it was, you know, it's stylish. And I liked that about sure. it. But they were like, you can have it for free. And I was like, that's my price point. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so I started wearing this jacket and it is, seriously the best piece of technical gear I own by far wow. I take it snowshoeing for like 
I think 12 miles is the most um, in the coldest places I've ever been, you know, in the mountains of Colorado. Um, I sleep in this coat. I wear this coat like every day. It has gone through almost every adventure with me. It's been like shoved in places and like snared on trees. And like, it's just so resilient, so warm. And I fear losing it with dread every, like that would be the worst thing that could happen to me. You, you might well, not find well, it at that price point again. I'm sure you'd be able to go right, and get another right, one, but I, I doubt I you, <laughs> I doubt you would find it at that price point again. That's awesome. Yeah. You're not the first person to tell me actually that Lulu, Lululemon does an incredible job with the actual technology in, in the gear that they have. So that's, that it's funny that actually didn't surprise me uh, a lot. Um, but I, that's, that's very interesting. I do have a pressing question though, Jenna, what color is the jacket? It's just black because I am so into, I feel like my personality is outrageous enough. So I try to like tone down my outdoor gear. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's kind of you. I think that I sit on the opposite end of the spectrum. I say my bright green and bright blue and (laughs) Hide eye croakies. Uh, I, I, that's awesome though. And I am surprised about Lululemon. That's really good advice though, because Lululemon is the type of gear that is ex- that's available everywhere. Yeah. And I know that a lot of the times when you're looking for those more technical pieces of gear, they're really hard to find, especially out where I live in rural New Mexico, where there aren't really gear stores. I'm either ordering it online and guessing, or I'm going to REI, which is never that good of an experience anymore because they've really moved into apparel exclusively. So that's a great pro tip for anybody that's looking for something that'll last. How long have you had that jacket? Um, I think four years. And I mean, I, it's, it is expensive. However, I like to do price per wear now, not price, because if I buy a spinner dollar jacket that I wear three times, that's way more expensive than this jacket that I've worn. Like I'm probably at like a quarter aware now, you know what I mean? What's a piece of gear that you that you have that maybe you've had for for a while and been on on lots of trips with you? We we talked about kind of your your living in a bus and and oh. living in living the van life, but what's a what's a piece of gear that for a lot of your outdoor trips has been has been meaningful? So I think there's there's a couple. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say that there there's a couple. I I have a Beal Tiger rope. It's a 10 millimeter cool. I've had it for like many years. And this rope has no right to be in as good as the condition as it is. Like I have thrashed this thing on like multi-pitch snow and ice roots and like big Alpine roots that like you should not bring a 10 millimeter rope on and like running over edges on limestone and stuff. And it's like, seems like, oh yeah, it might've seen a couple pitches. So that's a great piece of gear. Um, so that's one on to the next, my, um, Duder backpack. It's, oh, it's the trail, the trail 30 liter. All which right. Is like, yeah, I just like bought it at REI and like, didn't really think much of it. I thought I was going to use it for like, a, you know, just to haul stuff around town, but it's mm. unbelievably comfortable. It's like the best bag ever. And I've had it for uh, many years, but I, love- I think. Yeah, it's a great bag, but I think the the piece of kit that is most memorable isn't one that I actually use anymore. I lost a lot of weight uh, a few years ago. Like, congratulations! That's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't fit anymore, unfortunately. But 
there's this guy, Rob Swan. He's been one of my, he was one of my like, heroes growing up. And, uh, um, you know, people had, a lot of kids have like football players or basketball players, but <laughs> I read about this dude, Rob Swan. He was the first person to walk to both the South and North Poles. And I was very fortunate, um, a, like four years ago now, that I got to go to Antarctica. Whoa. With, yeah, with Rob. What? Um, which was a very cool experience. Yeah. Um, and I feel incredibly privileged that I had that opportunity. But at the end of the trip, Rob, we're, we were, you know, traveling on a, we're traveling on a small boat um, along, along the peninsula, um, working on uh, climate and conservation initiatives uh, within Antarctica. And at the end of the trip, Rob gave me this Patagonia hard shell jacket that he'd been using for his Antarctic seasons. And it's bright red and it has his name and the little tag on the inside. And so then I, he gave that to me and I've like cherished it forever. That's, That's um, awesome. That's such a cool story. It was not only meeting a hero that went really, really well. You know, you hear about people like meeting their heroes and then, you know, not being that impressed. It seems like you met your hero and then became friends with him. And then he gave you his jacket. That's awesome. Oh, he's so rad. He's like the nicest guy in the world. And um, speaking of shouting out other very cool people, there was um, also this guy, Jeff Benaldi, who was organizing and leading these trips. He runs the Explorer's Passage, which is um, now a pretty well-renowned adventure travel organization focused on um, kind of moving away from the fancier cruise side of things and more into environmental work whilst also visiting incredibly, you know, meaningful destinations. Um, and yeah, Jeff was, Jeff was there and we had like, yeah, it was very cool. Chris, I got to know more about Antarctica. I think we are getting close to wrapping it up, but I got to know a little bit more about Antarctica. What was like, so how long were you down there? What was that like? And maybe what was the coldest temperature you remember? So I will spin that last one because I was on the peninsula when it broke a record for warmest degree, like recorded temperature. <gasps> we were like, it was literally like approaching 60 Fahrenheit. What? Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, we were there in the beginning of March. Okay. And it's usually, I mean, like when the sun's that far south, it, it definitely gets warmer days, but it was like, it was like hot. Um, wow, and uh, so yeah, it was very it was very warm. I unfortunately did not get to suffer as much as I might have um, been keen on on an Antarctic trip. But now I get I guess I just got to go back. But um, but yeah, the uh, I was there with um, yeah again. I just feel really privileged that I had the uh, the opportunity. I was there with this organization called Climate Force Twenty Forty One. And the, the goal is to bring together uh, climate and environmental leaders to help plan for and educate for um, protection of Antarctica and the Antarctic Peninsula because the Antarctic Treaty um, in like a decade or two goes back up for renewal. And at the current rate, it's not really being talked about, but it doesn't look like there's, there's enough of a chance that it won't get renewed because uh-huh. 
there are oil reserves found within and underneath the Antarctic ice sheet. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of the, the premise, but, um, yeah, I got to, I got to go down there. I've spent, ended up, oh man, it's probably like two, two, like two or three week trips over two seasons. And then, um, fortunately also got to spend a bunch of time in Patagonia when we got back, which was like the coolest. That was, yeah, it's an incredible part of the world. Chris, it feels like we could do like eight different podcasts and I feel like we're going to have to have you back to talk more about some of this amazing stuff. The one I know Brad's going to do a wrap up and you might have another question for you. I do need to add from rerouted standpoint, as much as Chris loves his rope five years, you guys, you gotta be, you gotta be careful with those ropes and make sure that you're keeping them new and safe. So absolutely, I have, I have another, I have another year on, uh, year and a half on on mine and also i've only taken five legit like like fat whips on it and i've put five so she's bomber that's that sounds great i just wanted to throw that safety measurement in there for the podcast sake 